Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Leaving Legacy. My name is Patrick. Uh, this week we had a slight technical difficulty with the recording. Uh, our equipment didn't record Jerry's end of the line, so we have me for about an hour and a half just talking to myself. Uh, so in lieu of that recording, we are going to throw it back to some of the footage we have from the GP we attended in Columbus back in June. Uh, so you're going to hear a conversation with us and Sean Calvo, who had just tested for his uh, level two uh, cert- certification as a judge. Uh, you'll hear that, and then uh, stay tuned. Afterwards, I'll have a fun little announcement for one of our listeners who's running um, an MTGO Legacy League. So stay tuned for that, and I'll see you at the end of the episode. Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. This is John Carmen, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. Hi, this is PJ Butler, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. This is Kyle, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. Hey, this is Jim. I'm leaving a Legacy. Got a mofo of me. Um, oh, wait. That's not what I meant. Don't put that on there. Now we take you to the Red Room, where round one pairings have been posted. Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, leaving with the Legacy crew on our way home from GP Columbus. Uh, I'd say like a fairly fun trip, if not successful. Fairly so, fun? Fairly. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I would say like fairly, like, I mean, I really wanted day two and I missed out. Started like 3-1 and then just like hit like four losses in a row. That was a little rough. Um... But uh, I ended up playing Blue Red Delver, which I was ha- I'm really happy I played Blue Red because I was able to sustain uh, mentally throughout the day while we're playing Crypt System for, for two, you know, nine rounds. How about you, Jerry? How'd you do? Uh, I did okay. I mean, as soon as I picked up my second loss, I dropped because top eight or bust. <laughs> <laughs> There's just there's just so much to do at the GP and there's so many people to hang out with that I just I don't want to grind out matches for hours and hours just to you know lose the win and in and yeah like day two doesn't really matter to me I don't really like day two is never really a big accomplishment for me it's like it's top eight or or nothing yeah I mean you were grinding you know instead of grinding points you were grinding value with the vendors. I was. I spent way too much money this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but my deck is extra pimp now, so I guess it works out. Uh, we also got Ian and Sean with us. We didn't leave any of them back in Columbus. <laughs> well, you couldn't leave me back in Columbus. <laughs> yes. Sean, Sean is the only one who knows how to drive sticks, so we physically could not leave him. <laughs> we could, but we'd go on like 50 miles an hour. Uh, way Stall, stalling out every yeah. 10 feet on the highway. <laughs> I mean, once you're on the highway, it's fine because you just put your. At that point, you just put your foot on the pedal. That's what I'm saying. I think if like you just let the cruise control go, yeah. You know, oh, you don't have cruise control, but I don't have cruise control. You now. just hop out of the sea. I can slide in there. Yeah. Drive for a couple hours. Your best, you should try to I don't. Uh, I don't like that idea. I don't like the idea of switch <laughs> doing Chinese fire drill going 60 miles an hour. <laughs> so please 70. We're we're in Ohio. No. Good. That is actually the speed limit. Ian, Ian, you were you were pretty close to day two, right? Uh, yeah, but, I mean, at, at X3, it would have been sort of just like a, you 
know, one single loss would knock you out because my breakers would have been so awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't, you know, it was a really great tournament. Yeah. Really successful. I was just kind of tilted because I built my deck to beat Eldrazi, and then my two losses were against Eldrazi. And both my Eldrazi opponents were like, man, I was really nervous. This is a terrible matchup for me. And I'm like, yeah. I know it's a terrible matchup. That, <laughs> that's why I'm playing this deck. <laughs> I'm surprised it's, it's a terrible matchup for Eldrazi. With all their tax effects and play, being able to play Chalice, like, to stop you from digging for your combo. I mean, their tax effects aren't as bad against me as, say, like, a, a Rug Delver or something sure. like that. Because I have Soul Lands. So, like, I could pay for the taxing effects. Sure. Yeah. But, like, what I can't do is, like, one Eldrazi, my one Eldrazi opponent was, like, I have Ugin... Eldrazi Mimic, Eldrazi Mimic, Eldrazi Mimic. Passes the turn to me. I go Island Ponder. Pass it back to him, and he goes, like, City of Traders, Simeon Spirit Guide, Reality Smashers, Jeez. Swing for 20. I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a, that's like, a bonkers hand. Like, I just can't do that. <laughs> what, what about you, Sean? How was your day one? Uh, my day one was interesting. I uh, I started at the double draw bracket. Played round one against Miracles. I, I switched at the last minute to Rug Lands. Slower deck. Um, drew against a new player that just was appeared to be playing to stop me from winning rather than actually from winning to win himself. Uh, and then played a bunch in the double draw bracket. Never played against Miracles until I got out of the draw bracket by drawing a third time in round six to go full circle into X2. <laughs> um, and then I got knocked out in round eight Good. by uh, Lawrence Harmon. Oh, Lawrence, taking names. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you played Lawrence. Yeah, I played him in round. I sat down, and I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and since he was on Miracles, and that's not... That's not a bad matchup, but, like, it's a... I think it's slightly unfavorable for me. And he was on the Mentor version, so... Oh. That's the worst one for me, because it's faster. Yeah. Um, and I also made a critical mistake that gave him an opening that he was very good to see. Yeah. So... What about you, Ian? He just uh, oh. he went. He went before me. <laughs> I'm tired, guys. Jeez, Jerry. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. <laughs> but the other, the other b- better thing for this weekend is that because I didn't day two, I got to test for L two and I passed. Oh nice. yeah, congrats! So L two in the car. Yeah, L two in the car. So we all have a get out of jail free card, right? That's how. No, that's not how it works. No longer <laughs> at risk for being disqualified. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ian. Uh, yeah, you can. You can just. You can. Uh, you can bribe and collude all you want if you go to my PPTQs. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know that's something you have trouble with. Uh, Helene's not too good with jokes with our cast. You might not want that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh, don't boy. say that. Don't cut, edit, edit that part out. <laughs> no, you just got to go, NSA, I would like you to know that this is a joke. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Fair enough. So, so uh, met a lot of awesome people on the weekend. It was actually kind of a whirlwind. We sort of got in late Thursday night. We were up like... You know, fairly early for Jerry on Friday. For me, what? Played some LCQ. Played an LCQ. Oh, oh, early on my standard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Played an LCQ. I, I, I scrubbed out the first round of that. So did I. Getting, yeah, getting, uh, getting Blood Moon by Painter Servant. I was on Crixus for that event. That's kind of was a tipping, tipping point for me to get into, into a Blue Red. And, uh, Jerry and Ian taking all the way to the finals. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, 32 man, last chance qualifier, and just versed each other in the finals. Yep. 
Ian smokes me in game three. We actually recorded it, so we'll, we'll post. Oh, you already did post the videos yeah, up. up. Yeah, those are on Facebook. So, but yep, Vendillion Click won the day. That, that was in that matchup. That was tight. That yeah, was tight it was tight. It was tight. It was a good match. Good match. But uh, yeah, I loved. Uh, I like playing that. I, I played <laughs> played some weird decks. The first round of that. I played, like, Bird Wizard Tribal. <laughs> like, my opponent goes, like, Cavern of Souls, names Wizard, and then plays... Judge yeah, Judge is Familiar. And I'm like, what? And he follows it up with, like, a wizard. It's, like, one blue for a 1-1. One, one. Judge is Familiar is a wizard? Are you sure you can guess the name Bird? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I think Judge is a wizard. wizard. Maybe he shit. I think it's just a bird wearing a weird helmet. Yeah. With a it, cap on. it looks like a magical bird, man. It's a magical bird. Bird with a head. I am a mighty and powerful wizard bird. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you forgot the part where he flew from Belgium to play wizard tribal. Yeah, he was from Belgium. He flew <laughs> from Belgium to play with bird wizard tribal, <laughs> and the deck was foiled out. <laughs> so I beat him. Kind of felt a little bad, but <laughs> don't, don't feel bad. You're in LCQ, like all those people are trying to like yeah. make it into day two of a tournament. Yeah, but don't feel bad. It was it was cool, but yeah, that was an interesting match that I played like Nick Fit, which I got to exile a Chains of Mephistopheles with Nahiri. Oh, get it right. I I've been making an effort to say <laughs> it correctly. <laughs> Did you just say Mephistopheles? Mephistopheles. Oh, yeah, he had to Because oh. it's Greek. He's a Greek. He's a Greek. God. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> I did an interview with uh, Legacy Weapon while at the GP, and I, I caught myself saying Mephistopheles on their cast, so <laughs> figured I'd try and get it right for at least one this weekend. Nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got to exile Chains with uh, Nahiri, which felt awesome, so I could draw a bunch of cards with Grizzlebrand. Wow. Was a chain? Oh, it's just a tapped artifact, right? Yeah, with Nahiri, because enchantments don't tap unless you tap them. Right, right. Like, or they're in future sight. Or they're in future sight. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's why it's like that modifier on Nahiri. It's only a tapped artifact or right. tapped. If honestly, I think it should be the same for the artifact on Nahiri, because there were a couple times like I would love to be able to exile a Pything Needle with Nahiri, but yeah, that yeah, yeah, like that would make it just. Even that much better in the deck. Or chalice. Yeah. I kind of want to, like, after this, I kind of want to make a uh, red-white, uh, like, red-white sneak deck with, like, four, like four Nahiri, four sneak attacks. I think that would be pretty fun. And then you exile your own sneak attack. Yeah, and then I exile my own sneak attack. <laughs> but now, if she could exile, uh, if she could exile Python Needle, that would be amazing on her. Uh, but yeah, Nahiri carried the weight for me to, uh, this weekend. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I was watching your match, and at the same time, there was a, uh, it was, I think it was during the semis, it was for the semifinals, and I'm watching these two players, and one guy's on Omni Show, I'm not sure what the other player was on, it doesn't really matter, so the guy plays, uh, Omniscience, and then, or, sorry, does, uh, Show and Tell, and shows, uh, Omniscience, and his opponent shows Notion Thief, and then the Omni Show player plays Edge of the Infinite, to, to deck his opponent, essentially. Yep. And the kid lost the upkeep, and there was a few judge calls and some salty drawing of cards and flipping through his, <laughs> what was his 50-card hand at that point, looking for an out on his own upkeep, which there he had none. Um, so that was pretty fun. Uh, 
saw some like some pretty fun stuff happened over the weekend. Did you guys see any interesting plays? Uh, I got blown out by an interesting play. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I was greedy, so in the blind one round, I decided to go Ancient Tomb, Lotus Petal, Show and Tell, putting Grizzlebrand in, and my opponent put in Tide Spout Tyrant. <laughs> so he's like, Tide Spout Tyrant? I'm like, ah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> and he just bounced my Grizzlebrand, got a 5-5, and then proceeded to reanimate his own Grizzlebrand the next turn. Uh, yeah. I saw uh, in one of the matches next to me, it was Omni Omnitel versus Reanimator. Yeah. And a similar thing happened where the Omnitel player, you know, played Show and Tell and put down his Omniscience and his opponent put down Tide Spout Tyrant. And so the guy, ca- the other guy, the active player, you know, cast his um, Enter the Infinite. Opponent, you know, had let it resolve. So the guy drew his deck, put a card back, and then every time Omnitel guy tried to cast a spell, um, Reanimator would, res- would respond with something to bounce, like one of his lands, bounce his, Omni- his Omnitel, or yeah. his Omniscience, basically just to try and get it so that the guy couldn't cast anything. Right. Or like, couldn't have enough lands for something else. And uh, he ended up showing telling again, because you know, he has his entire deck in his hand, and cast Enter the Infinite again to put a card back on top of his library so that he wouldn't get decked. <laughs> like, I already have all this in my hand. I just need a card on top of my library. Oh, man. <laughs> and then proceeded to win, like, the turn, the next turn. But he's like, I just have to not deck myself. Yeah. And I, then I can go have my extra turn with everyone. I was actually surprised at how much Reanimator was at the event. In nine rounds, I played Reanimator four times. And I was seeing Reanimator all over the room all day. I don't know what's going on. Why everyone decided to be on that deck this weekend? Maybe I, I didn't play it at all. Really? Yeah. Maybe yeah. I was just in the Reanimator bracket. Unless, I didn't unless you count Dredge, which it was like the uh, Iona Grizzlebrand Reanimator Dredge version. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, not, no, it's not. It's not, it's not Reanimator. Yeah. It's but a, it was the closest thing that I played. Yeah. That guy was pretty salty. Dredge in the double drop bracket round three is really not where you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, speaking of Iona, actually, that was another time Nahiri was awesome for me. Uh, my my opponent, like, Ataxian probed me, saw that I had Wipe Away in hand, so they did Entomb Reanimate and grabbed Iona naming Blue, because any other creature that they would get, I could just Wipe Away back to their hand. And then I top-decked Nahiri. Huh. He attacked me with Iona for seven. I played Nahiri. Exiled Iona, then ticked Nahiri up to eight in Altidur nice. for the win. So, nice. yeah. If the theme of this uh, segment is that I really like Nahiri, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I had a blast playing Blue Red Delver. Like, I actually had a feature match round two. I mean, there was no coverage, but still got to go up to the tables and play a feature match. Really Pat fun. stood up and announced to everyone around him that this I'm, was this is a feature match. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, pay attention. I dragged my opponent up there. Oh, and. Uh, he was on some kind of like uh, some Nick Nick Fit style deck, mm-hmm. and um, he got really upset when I like dazed his first veteran explorer because I just didn't want him to play that play that game, and I think he was <coughs> off gas the rest of the time. But I probed him and saw Chameleon Colossus in his hand. Does anyone know what that card actually does? I didn't read the card, but it was that kind of, that was the win condition in Elves before Crater Hoof beam. Yeah, expected, so I didn't know what it does, but I don't know if we actually care. Yeah, it was it was pretty like it was a two zero pretty quickly. Uh, nice. Price of Progress got me a, uh, a good amount of wins. Like, you know, for me, ended up four and five. I was able to Price of Progress for quite a few damage throughout, throughout the day. So, 
I did enjoy that aspect of the deck. But I got a chance after that uh, to watch, a couple rounds after that, I got to watch Ian play uh, Ochoa in a, it was one of these on Storm, right? Yeah, it was on Ian. Yeah, that was a tight, that was a very tight game three that I got to witness going into turns. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He, he turned out to be a, a really cool guy because uh, on, like, the penultimate turn, I clicked him in his draw step, and he had uh, Tendrils of Agony. And, you know, on turn five, I was going to have lethal. And, but I saw that he could, uh, you know, uh, storm off for enough. He could, you know, cast uh, Ritual Tendrils and get to a high enough life total that I couldn't kill him on the fifth turn. Right. He could he could tendrils, he couldn't kill you, but he could make it so you couldn't kill him. Yeah. So I took nothing with the click, and then he sort of sat there for a second, and I just, you know, extended the hand. And I was like, thanks for not casting the tendrils, you know? And he's like, you shouldn't thank me for that. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, you know, but a lot of people do that. He's, and, you know, he just went into, like, the whole spiel about how draws aren't good etc. But, you know, just to practice what you preach, like, a lot of a lot of pros think they're old school or whatever yeah. uh, until, you know, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> Conveniently, when, you know. And but when it, it matters. turned out, yeah, I had a lot of respect for that because that was his second loss that he was taking. So, you know, to travel and up, you know. It was pretty, aw- it was pretty awesome. It, it was, was uh, pretty cool. I got to talk to him real, real quickly afterwards. He was super nice. Like, it's always fun to see people who like make their living playing magic who like those games are more important for them than they are for us most likely and if they're still cool after losing it's you know especially tough like that that was a really tight that was a tight tight game um it was cool to you know to see him and converse with him and yeah we got to meet a lot of like fans of the cast there's a lot of awesome people over the weekend uh Joe came up from from Knoxville Tennessee for the weekend which is a good time you know uh Stayed at the house with us, and we saw Ian, right, came down from, from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, or Wisconsin. No, it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Ian, it was Chris, Dan, Dan, Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence and Steve and all those guys. I uh, have the list of everyone we need to shout out, but it's on my phone, and we're using the phone to record. <laughs> so saw, we'll, we'll do the shout outs next week. <laughs> we saw Mike from South Florida Magic. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, James from South Florida Magic. Yep. He's playing Eureka Tell. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, who else did we see? I'm trying to remember. There was so many people this weekend. Got to, like, got to say hi to Bob Wong real quick. He, he guessed it on the color show uh, a bit ago. Um, we did uh, dinner with Ruben Bresler and Aaron Campbell. Oh, yeah, that was Ian. fun. At the, at the uh, Brazilian Steakhouse? Yeah, we did Brazilian Steakhouse. That Oh, man. <laughs> That was probably one of the funniest dinners I've, I've had in a yeah, long it time. Pretty, it was pretty hysterical. <laughs> it was pretty hysterical. Uh, yeah, it was a yeah, it was a good weekend. It was like I got to say hi to Corbin, which is cool. He was he was there doing uh doing written coverage. Yeah. Um, so I mean, overall, like the, I think the PES event for you know I mean the first few rounds the online pairings weren't working, so I was kind of a pain in the ass. But they were working to try and get a different. Provider. Yeah, I mean, I think they actually changed they changed hosts of the page. They had like yeah. Gator, something like Page Gator or something like that. Yeah. And then I saw later on they were on like Squarespace, so they obviously like changed their website over to accommodate the hosting for all the refreshing pairings on the website. So that was pretty cool. So they were actually trying to make the event good. Um, it seemed like there were a lot of side events firing, and the main event ran really smoothly, and the rounds didn't seem to take too long to turn over after time. So 
Yeah, I, I think it was a it was a pretty good event, which means I'm very impressed just because it was Pez. <laughs> but uh, I, I thought it was well. The, my gripe is that uh, side events were cash only, which was really annoying. Yeah. So like, you basically had to jack on like three fifty each side event because you had to go pay the ATM fee. Yep. Or like just bring up a whole bunch of cash. Or carry like a thousand dollars. What was your question? Did anybody play a side event other than the LCQ? I, I played one of the on-demands on Friday after I struck out oh, two right, LCQs. Right, right, right. Uh, and then I lost to Burn in the, in the second round yeah. because Burn just folds to lands, usually. I was as close as I felt like I could have without actually winning. Yeah, we did our own. We got, like, both nights we got a crew of uh, eight and six together to just draft EMA back at the house. Yep, so. Which was a great set to draft. I, yeah. I really yeah. like the draft set. Well, it's, I'm, it, it spoiled me because now I'm just like I don't want to draft shadows. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it, man. Ugh. Well, a little short bonus episode this week for you guys. Yeah. We had the uh, the interview with James on Friday that came out, so I just figured we get something quick for you guys to listen to on Monday. Good and, luck uh, to uh, Topher and Adam. We're still playing right now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, we'll get more in-depth into the coverage and stuff next, for the next week's episode once kind of the dust settles and we can figure out what happened. Yeah, man. All right. Awesome. All right. See you guys next week. See ya. Round two pairings have been posted. Yo, I never talked to you about this. This kid is always trying to get me to buy his list. Buy his store, his like card shop store. No, no, he wants us to buy this store in Lexington. You know, you know, hit and run. Oh yeah, it's for sale. And this kid's like, if if we yeah, it's been for sale for like two years. Like he's not trying too hard to sell it, but he is fielding offers. And Paulson's always like, dude, all we need to do is get five people put ten grand each. We each are in charge of it one day a week, and then on the weekends, you know, we have a rotating schedule for the weekends, and we could actually make this a good store. I mean, I talk about that with my friends, Mike and Dan, all the time. Yeah. Because my ideal, if I was just independently wealthy and I could do whatever I wanted with my life, is just be able to set up, like, a card shop slash, like, bar-restaurant combo. Oh, that's so many permits, probably. (laughs) You're worried about permits in my dream my dream shop <laughs> worried about the paperwork yeah. but yeah cause like just talking about it just like cause like my friend Mike is an amazing cook so oh, really? like and he's one of those guys who like he can go into a strange kitchen open up the cabinets see what ingredients are Inspector available gadget, yeah and just like come up with something crazy and delicious yeah. yeah so like just to have something like that and just be able to have like a card shop that also has like weird ass sandwiches yeah kind of like kind of how like face to face games does it like oh yes that way yeah so like stuff like that and just you have like a cool hangout place that's you know also a bar mock boarding cafe yeah mocks mocks cafe that's in Seattle or whatever right yeah Yeah. so like that that would be kind of the dream yeah oh yeah for sure having a restaurant is just like the sickest 
Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, 90% of restaurants fail within the first year of business, but, you know, we could do it. <laughs> Notice I mentioned if I was independently wealthy. I yeah. included that at the beginning. <laughs> if I was already set up in life. 100% of restaurants owned by wealthy individuals do not fail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, uh, I was looking at, at Joe's uh, Facebook page after I confirmed his oh, yeah, request. Yeah. Yo, he was our like unofficial hype man. He was. Yeah. Like he gave out more stickers than me and Pat combined. Yeah, he did. He, I heard him. I was in like I said, I was. He's so approachable. Yeah, he just got that friendly southern accent. But like I was. Yeah, how y'all doing? Y'all was a podcast. Y'all was a podcast. Yeah, y'all was a podcast. stickers. I was going around the venue and like people I had never even seen were wearing the Leaving a Legacy stickers on them. That was pretty great. That was pretty great. Actually, you emailed me the art, right? Yeah, I think so. I like shop around some places and get some bigger stickers. I mean, we I said we can make bigger some, stickers. Get some car decals. We're going to yeah, stickers. Stickers. The back of my car. Oh, no, that's the thing is uh, the print shop my friend works at, he can make car decals that are removable. So, you know those, uh, like, sports fat head things? Okay, yeah. the ones, the fact, like, they're ones that go on your... Yeah, that's what I want. Not like a bumper they're, sticker. They're vinyl. Yes. They're no, vinyl. yeah, the vinyl ones. You know, like, the fat head stickers that you, like, slap up on your wall? and the same thing right now. They're vinyl stickers, right? No. You literally just said they're yeah, vinyl. I, that's what I got confused. <laughs> you literally just said. You're talking about a cling. The, the fat heads are not vinyl yeah, stickers. They're clings. You tell me the wait. A fat head is a cling. A cling is a removable. It stays stuck to your wall via static electricity. I think that's that is what I'm talking about. That's a cling. A vinyl sticker is like it's it's on it's on two sheets of clear plastic, and like let's say the sticker itself is white. And you pull off, um, like, you pull off what is, like, the back of the label and stick right now, you press it to your window, smooth it out, and then you remove the front sheet of paper, and all that will be left is, like, like, it would look like the Leaving Legacy in white lettering. And, like, everything that's white is there, and then there's nothing else there. It's not like a block of sticker on your window. It's literally just, like, the cutout of, of whatever the coloring of the sticker is. Yes, you can do those as well. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, I was, I, don't about, want, I was talking about Jerry. Yeah, I don't want a fat head because, like, I don't want a vinyl cling because they're, they don't look good. You want, like, if you want, like, you want, like, I don't want a, I want, like, a vinyl sticker. How about we get them made before you pass judgment on them? Because I know what they look like, Jerry. Oh, I, I, I had my buddy work in the vinyl shop, and I'm telling you, I had a bunch of vinyl stickers made that were fucking You're gonna, you're gonna walk out of your house tomorrow morning and your car's gonna be wrapped in vinyl cling from head to bottom and leaving a legacy. <laughs> I know the speed at which you operate. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> like two, ten years from now, I'll be real surprised. Uh, 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 like, what the fuck is you this? I love how this car and these decals. What are they doing? Quality takes time, Patrick. Were you not car? He says. Were you not just? Were you not just complimenting me on finding the perfect Airbnb this morning? I put some research, some time. I. I Got it all together with the contacts. You got you to put the effort in, Pat. 
do a good job. <laughs> but the question is, how much of that effort required you getting off the couch? <laughs> uh, my computer chair is quite comfortable. That's that's where my base of operations was. <laughs> my base. Oh, man. I'm too old for this field agent shit. <laughs> uh, I think if I can get another box of EMA for like 200 bucks, I'm going to buy one. Where, where are you finding boxes of EMA for 200 bucks? I'll find them. Okay. <laughs> you know they're going to drop a price. If anyone can find them, pack and tweet about I them. Do not, I do not yeah. see them going under MSRP. Why? Because it's EMA. Eh, they will. Everything goes under MSRP after a while. Yeah, Modern Masters 1? Alright, well that was that set was too jammed with like value and it was super limited for Even Modern Masters 2 isn't below MSRP still. It's still above MSRP. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, I think I MSRP. I think. Like the only the only sets that go under MSRP are like standard sets. Utter shit. Not even just standard. Like utter shit standard sets. It's like Dragon's Maze. Yeah, Dragon's Maze. Yeah. Dark Ascendant. Homelands. Homelands. <laughs> It's like those are the only ones that go under MSRP where there's literal no about, value. I have mixed feelings about Dark Ascension being on that list, but it definitely is. Well, because the only it's, it's like the only value so is and he's like five dollars. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Is it a good set of drafts? Not by itself. You need this one. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Is you need a four hundred dollar Innistrad box to draft with yeah, it. Yeah, it stays in our collection. I still think I think if you shop around him, you don't find them cheap. Yeah, I'm, I don't doubt you can find them cheaper than they are now. Like you can find them cheaper than the three hundred two eighty. Yeah. I, I see them going below that, but I do not see them going below MSRP. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if you can find them under two fifty, like buy as many as you can because you will not find a better deal than that. Well, I wouldn't buy as many as I can because I don't think I don't think sitting in the box is going to pay off. Right. I think if it's anything like Modern Masters one. Even Modern Masters 2 is holding its value. Yeah. Like, give it a couple more years, I bet you Modern Masters 2 is going to go up in value. And, like, Modern Masters 2 wasn't as fun to draft. EMA is a lot of fun to draft. Right? We did two drafts, and I had a blast with Yeah. So, like, Modern Masters 1, one of the reasons why that one is so expensive uh, now is because it's so much fun to draft. Yeah. And I, I don't think EMA is as fun as Modern Masters 1, but it's definitely fun, more fun than uh, Modern Masters 2. And more fun than any other... Like, conspiracy or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I was going to say more standard set. Yeah, oh, I mean, definitely standard set. Like, I'm spoiled now. I can't even draft standard well, like, for, like, the next couple of years now. Well, like, they're actually, like... I, I did not enjoy Modern Masters 2 quite well. Like, I might have... Aside from, like, oh, I'm, oh, man, I might get lucky and open something worth money that I would have actually preferred to be drafting standard. Yeah. There wasn't, like... Modern Masters 1 just had awesome archetypes. Yeah. Like, you could do, like, red-white giant tribal, or, like, blue-red storm. White-black rebels? Yeah, white-black rebels, green-black spore, fungus. Like, Modern Masters 2 just didn't have the same depth to it. Yeah. And... I, I love white-green ballads. White-green ballads? White-green ballads was powerful. It was. I thought that was. I thought it was green, green, black ballads. Yeah, I guess it was kind of junk ballads because there was 
there was some heavy green, uh, like heavy, heavy green, and then there was one white, one common white ballad, and one common black, one uncommon black ballad. Yeah. So it ended up being white green most of the time when I drafted it because you saw more of the white one, and like sometimes you got lucky and got a black one. But the black one also was occasionally just randomly drafted as a really slow removal spell. It has like the regular Dalit stuff and then sap, a sap rolling uh, target creature gets minus one, minus one, one turns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, with like Spore, Spore Sower and the Ancient. Spore Wild Ancient. Yeah. Just like each of your creatures makes a full sap rolling every turn. Right. Yeah, kind of circling back around to it. I. I Depending on just how fun Eternal Masters is, I, I think boxes will definitely go up in value in the long term. Yeah. Just because people are going to want to bu- draft it. And I also just love the idea. I forget who it was mentioned it. They were doing Modern Masters 1, Modern Masters 2, Eternal Masters oh, draft. Yeah, that was, that's what Joe was saying. That yeah. Was, I, was, was he, I was thinking that I had a friend in DC that was talking about doing that. Because, yeah, that would be so I much fun. Joe said that's what his buddy is doing. Oh, maybe. Maybe yeah. he's been sitting on a box. That's a great idea. Yeah. Like, wow. Maybe, maybe. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Joe. I, he, we could go down to comic shop and get those. I know, right? But I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to draft Eternal Masters a lot on Magic Online. Just because they're doing, like, $7 packs of Magic Online. So $21 a draft is a lot better than, you know, $50, $50 a draft. Well, there's Phantom drafts, too. Oh, there is? Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to do fan drafts. I'm like, not going to do fan drafts? Nah. Why? I, I need Force Wheels on Magic Online. Wait, so wait, I, Pat. Do you mean you're going to do actual drafts and not fan drafts? Yeah. Oh, dude, but the, the EV's not there, though. Um, Online, I think it's better than it is. Online. No, it's, no, it's, it's way better. worse. It's way, way, way yeah. worse. Because yeah. all... Ace is like a $5 card. <laughs> yeah, all the cards in Eternal Masters that are money cards and paper are jack shit and... and because that's not true. Yeah, you because know, it's Magic Ma- it's more because Magic Online just had Vintage Masters, which paper didn't have, right. and Vintage Masters and Eternal Masters is like sharing half the same cards. Yeah, well, I'm thinking like just off the top of my head, a card like like Force of Will, which is seventy five dollars in paper and twenty dollars on yeah. Magic Online. Yeah, Wasteland, Force of Will. Uh, Wasteland is, is, I think, the only case. Yeah. Is the only case that's worth more online than in paper. What else? That's in the set. Yeah, let me think. Go to go to Magic uh, MTGO Goldfish right now and look up the value compared to paper to. Because it was like you know I mean, the, it's going to be a little off too right now because it hasn't released online yet. Oh, it's still not out online. No, it's a week later. Yeah. Oh, well, then they might not even have the prices yet. The paper pack EV was like something like nine fifty, and the the. Uh, Virtual pack EV was under three dollars. The box was oh, is that what it was? Yeah, oh, wow. and, and there's no foil bonus in the online packs too. Oh, they're not doing the foil bonus in online. Well, I mean, there's there's no like foil, you know, like a foil. Oh yeah, I forgot that foil suck on right, Magic yeah. Online. So you don't get that added EV either. That is true. You do get like split. double rare packs, you know. Days but, yeah. Oh, by the way, Jerry, I meant to tell you the other day. Yeah. Um, thinking of days at six bucks was like a great idea. 
Yeah. Because it went, it, it ended up rebounding to like 12. And I got to play with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah might, same thing happened to Forcible when Vintage Masters came out. I might sell my days online tomorrow and wait until the set releases on Friday and then rebuy them again. Yeah. Because they're going to... Drop actually, so when we did the paper drafts, I did not see any dazes in three paper drafts that we did. Did you? I don't know if people were like. I, didn't, I actually didn't get. Any I saw one day. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if people were like picking them highly, but we opened three boxes of Eternal Masters, and I did not see a single daze. I got a daze in my six packs from the first box. Pretty sure. I, I'm actually sure. Yeah, I got three. Uh, I think I saw one. Online days is twelve eighty three. Um, the foil is. Yo, but do you know, Pat? Do you know what happened when they announced days? The price fucking fell out online. I, I know that's why. I bought and them. then when they when they spoiled the entire set, and people are like, "Oh shit! Everyone's just gonna do phantom drafts because the EV's not there." Nobody's gonna actually open these days. It yeah. sprung right back up. Well, <laughs> maybe the fact I should, maybe I should just not do that then because like I don't. I mean, I got into them. I mean, the thing is, if you're going to do that, it's going to take some timing. you got to be able to, like, pull the trigger on Magic yeah. Online at a moment's notice. Like, seriously, during the day, during the night, like, it I fucking bought, moves I bought so my quick. first one at 20. Remember how we were talking about that? Yep. I bought my first one at 20 and bought the rest at, like, 6. Yep. So your cost that's, that's not, yeah, that's the Magic of dollar cost averaging. That's exactly what Jerry was saying. He's like, because I was telling him, I'm like, man, I'm really nervous about this. Like, if these isn't in the set, I'm going to be fucked. Because these cards right now are twenty bucks a piece, yeah, and they're gonna be they're gonna be fucking sixty dollars a piece if, this, if it's not the set. And Jerry's like, I'm like, should I just fucking spend eighty bucks and buy them now? And he's like, nope. Here's what you should do: yeah, he's like, you should exactly buy one this right. week, yeah, buy one next week, and then buy like the, the you know like spread it out. So like over the course of the release of the set, and then like so I bought the first one, and then Monday morning I rolled out like get out of bed, check Twitter. The first thing I see is the days is spoiled. So like it was great. Doing my happy dance on Monday morning. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I got it. I got in and I got into them like at the bottom, just kind of like randomly. I'm like, all right, here's the day I'm going to buy my my, my days, and they were like six bucks and change. And ever since then, they, they rose up to like twelve. So even with buying them at twenty, now that they're at twelve, your your cost basis is still lower. Yeah, you're still three bucks. Yeah, because yeah, because I've got them at thirty eight. I paid thirty eight for four of them. Right. Actually, rather than like well, eight or eighty. Or I would have paid uh, about forty-eight. Yeah, I'm actually ten yeah. bucks lower than. Yeah. I, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what the, the, exactly what you said was one hundred percent right. One hundred percent right. Stocks, finance. Yeah. yeah. I was Bitcoin. To it, I was listening to it at the gym, like you know, seven days after you guys already said it. Yeah. After you actually said it. I was like, fuck. I wish I. Had <laughs> Now just listen to me about Bitcoins and Uzbekistan gold. Oh, God. <laughs> what the fuck is Uzbekistan gold? Is it's, it just a saying? It's just like a saying, well, because it's like you, you don't trust companies in, like, Eastern Bloc. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Especially, like, gold companies. And I'm pretty sure Uzbekistan does not have any gold. Okay. So it's just like a metaphor for a Ponzi like, It's like game. a bridge in Brooklyn or whatever. Yeah. It's like I got a, I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. Yeah. Okay. turkey just pop up? No, not yet. Uh, what turkey? What? <laughs> the, the GPS, like the last update, 
now when I cross the line, there's like this little turkey that says, welcome to Massachusetts. <laughs> really? Why a turkey? Why a turkey? It's, it's on the sign, too, like the state highway sign. Oh, yeah, isn't... I think a turkey is like oh, Massachusetts state bird. Yeah, I don't know, know what the significance is, but it's just what uh? What GPS is that? It's Google. Like, uh, it's the Android one though, so it's oh. a little different. Us us iPhone users can't use it. I don't. I, I, I might have it, man. No, but that the, the app is slightly different. Yeah, yeah. that's probably true. I use Google Maps because I like it better than those. I use Waze because I like my Colonel Sanders directing me to where to go. <laughs> Is that what that was talking? Yeah. <laughs> There's a disturbance up ahead, but it's probably not giant robot chickens. <laughs> I thought that was like your, you getting a text message. <laughs> that would be, that's my text message. I was like, what an obnoxious text message. <laughs> How I haven't changed it yet. Actually, the most annoying text message I ever had is when I was like a sophomore in college. My text message ringtone was Sandstorm. It's like the iconic like Euro trash, like house music. Yeah, techno. It's the greatest. It's the greatest techno song ever made. Round three Hey guys, what is up? This is Patrick again. Uh just wanted to tell you guys about the Community Legacy League. Uh one of our listeners, Danny Cahal, is uh hosting this league on Magic Online. He set up a Facebook page for it. He's got a Twitter account going for it. Um, he's going to run the first one on September 28th, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. So, And it's free to join. And he has prizes paying out to top four. So it's a pretty awesome event with some great EV. Uh, hop on the Late Leave a Legacy Facebook page. I'll throw up some information there. I'll also have information in the show notes. Uh, check him out on Twitter. And you can also find him on the uh, the Discord app where he'll be posting, I believe, pairings and kind of like mid, uh, mid-round mid banter and whatnot. Uh, so, guys, check it out. Support him. Uh, it's a great thing for the community. And uh, check out Community Legacy League. All right. Thanks, guys. Top 8 pairings have been posted.